Hey, goal getters, it's Angela. Did you know your Healthy by Association podcast is now available on your Alexa enabled device? Just say, Alexa, play Healthy by Association podcast on TuneIn Radio. Give it a try today. Welcome to Healthy by Association, the podcast. My name is Aaron Wallowick, and today's topic is the impact of restriction mentality. Before we dig in, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Angela Pelk. Welcome to the podcast, Angela. Thank you, Aaron. Hey, goal getters. Happy Monday. Excited to have everyone uh, joining us and just wanted to give you a little heads up in terms of some activities we have going on here um, in the very near future. Uh, When this podcast drops on Monday, uh, I will be at the Great Ideas Conference in Colorado Springs. Uh, Healthy by Association has a couple of morning sort of get up and go sessions that we will be leading. So if you are there with us, please, please do join us. And we'll have a variety of things, swag on site. Uh, We'll have some like postcards with more information that you might uh, use or you might pass on to friends, family, colleagues, et cetera. We'll have some goal getter socks. So limited edition socks uh, that you can pick up at either of our two sort of morning sessions. Um, Additionally, we will actually be recording uh, a live sort of old school HBA episode uh, on site. So we'll be actually on Facebook Live with uh, a variety of panelists. We have a number of questions to ask them about uh, not only HBA, but how various individuals kind of connect to um, health and wellness while they're traveling on the road. So I think a lot of really good practical tips and tricks to be on the lookout for. So um, if you are available and want to join us either as a panelist um, or if you just want to kind of watch the recording unfold or watch us live on Facebook, we will certainly appreciate that. And if you're catching us a little bit later uh, in the day, the week, the month, et cetera, you can always go back to the Healthy by Association Facebook page for that archive. So again, just a little heads up, we'll be at the ASAE Great Ideas Conference in Colorado Springs, and we hope to see you there. Please stop by and say hello. Um, with that, oh, I guess it's also worthwhile to mention that if you are interested in, in having some similar activities at your meetings, programs, events, please reach out to us, whether it's having some swag, whether it's about leading a session, whether it's about, um, you know, kind of uh, hosting an HBA live episode or maybe a podcast with some of your members, please, please let us know. We're always on the lookout for, for great topics and great opportunities to engage, and we would love to uh, support you in that way. Um, with that, I'll just remind you a, a few housekeeping matters, and I know Angela has one as well. Um, we appreciate always you subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. We're on virtually every single podcast platform. We had some late-breaking news this week. I'll let Angela share that in a moment in her housekeeping uh, tips and, and tricks and updates as well. Um, but in the meantime, you know we we are on every major podcast platform, so please subscribe, rate, review wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And if you can pass it along to somebody that you know who might enjoy or appreciate it, uh, we would also love that as well. 
You probably know this by now. Uh, I maybe feel like a broken record, but Healthy by Association also has a very robust Facebook community. And so if you're not yet in that space, please uh, find us there and join that community. Every Monday when these podcast episodes are dropped, we have a recap and mega thread where we post a link to the article as well as host uh, additional conversation around this topic. And that's there indefinitely. And so uh, whenever you're listening to these episodes, if you're interested in more information or want to engage with our guests around that topic or with Angela and I around that topic, certainly please feel free to join us there. Um, today's resource um, is called Calorie Limits and Restriction. Uh, we will post a link to that in the um, in the recap and in the mega thread. So if you're interested in more information on this topic, please definitely join us there. With that though, I'm gonna kick it over to Angela for some additional housekeeping before we push on. All right. So Aaron teased out a little bit of breaking news, which um, he mentioned that we're on several of your standard platforms, but um, we just got on to TuneIn Radio. And if you're not familiar with TuneIn Radio, I bet your Amazon Alexa enabled device is. Okay, so this was really cool. And I did it on my Instagram live, my personal one. I might do it if I get brave on the HBA page. But um, <laughs> you just say, Alexa, play Healthy by Association podcast on TuneIn Radio. And there we are. So I double dog dare you to try it this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe as people are listening to this very podcast, like their nearby Alexa enabled devices are already responding and that would be amazing. I love it. I love it. I'll get y'all started with this freebie. Um, so as always, um, we do have a sponsor today. Um, Audible is supporting content creators like Healthy by Association. So today's episode is brought to you by Audible. If you've always wanted to try Audible for 30 days, we have a link for a, a free 30-day trial with one audiobook. Um, just go to Audible Trial dot com slash HBA podcast. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash H-B-A P-O-D-C-A-S-T. So got lots well, of listening if you, content. If you need like a spelling uh, lesson for today, <laughs> <laughs> we are full service. So uh, right. welcome. <laughs> I got I got you covered. <laughs> Well, I'm really excited to um, dive into this article today. It is always a pleasure to talk to our very special guest. Um, she has come on to do several HBA Lives with us in the past, if you've seen those on our Vimeo channel. Um, if you haven't, definitely check those out. But um, I swear she's our resident um, food, food expert, um, food guru, let's talk about food, let's real talk about food. So um, I am so pleased to introduce Lindsay Gross today. Hi, Lindsay. Hi there. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us. I just always love, and I wish we could go on for hours and hours. I swear we need to have like a weekend retreat um, with Lindsay on this. <laughs> That would be amazing because <laughs> everyone that lives in my house is sick of me talking about it. <laughs> well, so, more people to talk to, more people to just, you know, have all these like-minded folks that are able to chat about this, but it's just stuff that I'm super passionate about. So I'm excited to be here today. With you absolutely. Guys. Absolutely. Well, we'd love to hear, um, just tell the, our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you connected with HBA and especially, you know, just a little bit about how you connect to this particular topic. 
Yeah. So um, by um, by trade, I will say I'm a clinical social worker and, uh, you know, started off in the field uh, years ago doing kind of a mixture of child welfare services work, but also some individual therapy um, and had a fair number of young females that I that I worked with. And not to a surprise to many, many young women are struggling with body image issues and potential, you know, eating disorders as well. Um, and the more work that I did with these young women, the more that I realized that kind of traditional therapy and kind of traditional diets or eating disorders, you know, support groups were really not cutting it. We were missing kind of a key piece of working with folks around food and around their relationship with food. And so I kind of began this hunt in looking for resources and looking for things that I could help educate myself and I could help work, you know, more closely with my clients on this as well. Um, Enter for myself too. Obviously, this is something that's personal for me. Um, You know, I think we all have a story around food, right? Whether it's good or bad, we all have this story around, around, you know, celebration with with food and, and holidays with food. And we all have this story around restriction with food and how that plays into our life as well. Um, there's a big joke in my house around the fact that I can't leave the house without 4,000 calories and snacks. <laughs> and Aaron has, Aaron has been with me when I pull out like this huge bag of snacks. Um, and benefited so, from that as well. Yes, of course. <laughs> I, mean, I will share my snacks with others. Um, but I often joke that I have this like irrational fear that I'm going to go hungry. And what is that about? Right. So what really I started digging into this, what is the mind game around food? What is the mentality around food? Um, so that's how I kind of was introduced into this world of digging around. What does it mean? Um, you know, what is restriction mentality and what does it mean to have a healthy body image? And what does it mean to think differently and have a different mindset around how we eat? So. Um, in terms of how I fell into, I'll say, HBA, you know, Aaron and I are uh, certified meeting facilitators. Uh, as we kind of grew in our careers and needed new skill sets, um, we fell into the facilitation world. And, um, you know, we, we decided at first sight that we were just going to be friends and then um, we were going to be colleagues. And so we worked together uh, serving the event guard facilitation clients. And obviously, a Healthy by Association was a huge passion for Aaron and we're so like-minded in um, wanting to bring this to other professionals. And so it was a really good fit for me to get involved with HBA. For me personally, because I feel really passionate about health and wellness and how you define health and wellness. And, um, and it was really, it's, it's awesome to be able to offer this to our clients as well. So two, two things that jumped out at me um, that I, I just want to kind of raise here. The first is that, um, you know, HBA is an interesting space and community. Um, it's, I think it's so interesting and important for me personally because this is not this is not a race. It's not like it has a finite end. It's not like you know you run the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, the full marathon or um, any of your other sort of chosen sports. It's not as though you cross the finish line and it's over. It's, it is this, uh, we were talking about this before the show started, and just that this is a journey with, with just about no end. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you fall off your bike or you get the leg cramp or whatever, and you have to slow down or you get distracted. Um, and then other times you're kind of on the trail running or riding full force 
and and that's and that's that's the journey of life right and so sometimes we're like quote unquote on the bandwagon whatever that means or you know just being mindful and intentional and approaching our health and wellness journey with intention and sometimes we're not for whatever reason i mean we can't we literally can't spin every plate every moment of the day. Some of them have to fall to the ground and we have to be mindful of that. And, and even more mindful that it is our journey to getting the plate spinning again. That's, that's the most important. It's not saying, Oh, the plate is broken. I'm done. It's let me get another plate or let, let me, let me put it back up in the air and let's start spinning it again. And so, you know, whether it's the, sp- the spinning plate sort of analogy or whether it's, you know, the stove, we've talked about the stove, analogy before like you know you're not as efficient when you're when you're burning every burner on the stove whatever whatever analogy it is um, important to be mindful of this so that when you're not efficient or not effective you can come back to it more quickly it's um, just the awareness of it that's that's somehow um, in some cases more important than the actual um, you know sticking to these concepts Um, the other thing that I I have this really I was just going to say, I have this really interesting like reaction to the word bandwagon that I'd love to dig into as we get in a little farther. But <laughs> yeah. um, there's this this idea that like if we're off the bandwagon, we're bad, yeah. right? 100%. And so we should feel bad about that. And sometimes yeah. I have this like visual in my head of like somebody like holding on to the back of the bandwagon, right? Like I got this, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Barely, I'm not gonna yeah. Cookie, right? <laughs> and so what if there wasn't a bandwagon? Right. You know, and what would that look like? And what if we didn't have to feel bad if we fell off or, or try to recommit to jumping back on? So, it, I mean, that's what this is about, this awareness of the words that we say and the impact that it has around how we feel about food. And our no, it's so, so it's it's funny that you say that because I, I I'll I'll just mention this briefly just because of our work, Lindsay, in in facilitation. Um, I was writing a blog post recently about just challenging behaviors when you're when you're facilitating, and it's not it's it will be out by the time that this podcast launches. But um, I, I had Lindsay read it in advance of me sort of publishing it, and you know the the interesting thing is that um, word choice does matter. You know, one of the things that I was, I was going, you know, I wrote more so out of habit than anything else was, you know, I wish that somebody, you know, I, will the group step up to the plate or whatever if, um, you know, if a challenging personality pops up in, in, in your room or in your training or, or in your facilitation. And, you know, as I wrote it, I was just like, steps up. I was like, well, that's not very like practical for people that don't walk. And so, you know, we, that, that was immediately obvious to me, Lindsay, because we spend so much time talking and thinking about the words that we choose in our facilitation, that it's now becoming a, a, a healthy habit in my writing or in in other places outside of facilitation. And what we're talking about here today is pretty much the same thing. It's that if you can kind of uh, think about or talk about these topics and concepts enough, even if you're not necessarily following them every moment of every day, the, 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 the trail, the path back to the trail is easier and faster. And so it allows you to get, you know, back in alignment for yourself, whatever that means, uh, more quickly and easily. If, you know, even if, you know, you're not necessarily sticking to this concept or you're not necessarily practicing this concept that we're going to talk about today around restriction, if, even if it's not yet embedded into your routine, 
um, just being mindful and aware of it um, and coming back to this concept, you know, when you aren't in compliance um, or when you're beating yourself up or when you're f feeling guilt or shame, um, if, you're, if you're constantly coming back to it and think about, okay, well, the next time, if I do this differently, what will that look like? Maybe, maybe I won't be shameful or I won't have guilt. Like, what would that look like? Yeah. And it may take some time and practice, but ultimately this sort of habit will form for the better and it will not only permeate that aspect of your life, but other aspects of your life as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I... I mean, like total disclaimer here. I, do, I mean, there are way smarter people talking about this than me, right? I've been, you know, I've been on, I would say this journey for years now. And I consume every bit of information from these people who I consider mentors, whether they know it or not. Um, every bit of information that they put out there, I just eat up. And yet, even though I feel like I, I um, understand this space well, I mean, Erin, you've been there when I say things. I'm like, what did I just say? No. <laughs> um, totally. So so we're all, this is not like a, you turn it on and all of a sudden right. you've got it, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is completely a journey. This is really about increasing your self-awareness about your thoughts and your internal, um, you know, your internal language or your internal script around food, around restriction and around, you know, shame or guilt. Um, and so I feel super passionate about it, but I, um, I feel like I'm still really learning and consuming as much information as I can to continue to grow in this space too. So, so two, um, two quick things. Um, first, um, I'm going to ask you in like 30 seconds, like what the heck are we even talking about? Like let's intro, yeah. let's like formally introduce <laughs> this topic and like, what does it mean and look like? Um, but beyond that, if you're interested in this topic, these concepts, um, if we've already piqued your interest or if we've yet to pique your interest and by the end of the episode, you're kind of looking for more, um, two, two quick places I want to point you to right off the bat so we don't forget. First of all, definitely take a look at the Vimeo channel that HBA has um, because we have recorded live episodes with our actual faces that you can take a look at in the past with Lindsay on a couple of occasions where we kind of, um, you know, dig in for maybe a different angle or perspective, but generally in the same kind of space. The second thing that I would suggest is, is just as a reminder, on Monday when this episode launches, you'll have an opportunity in the Facebook community in the recap and mega thread to either ask Lindsay questions or you know, to post your own kind of questions or articles or resources as well. So definitely engage us in those spaces. But Lindsay, why don't we just introduce this topic a little more formally? What, what the heck are we talking about? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I really like to talk about is around um, is around your mindset around food. And so we found this really amazing article, Precision, it's really hard to say, by the way, Precision Nutrition. I don't know why they chose Precision Nutrition, because it's the hardest thing on the, in the world to say, <laughs> to say it super slow. Um, a total side note, I feel like people who can't see my hands are really at a loss. Environment because I am very. I mean, you guys know I like to talk with my hands. So We're if you want to see a lot of hand motions, check out the you know the archived um, HBA live. But anyway, um, I am working. I'm currently like rounding the corner actually for my nutrition uh, coaching certification from PN. Um, it's a really fantastic resource. Um, so when you know thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I found one of my favorite articles that they put out, which is calorie limits and restriction. And Aaron had mentioned this earlier. And, you know, the kind of tagline is weight loss strategy or guaranteed guilt trip. 
mm-hmm. question mark. Um, and it, it, go, it gives an overview of some research that's been done around this particular issue. It talks about some of the results of those and then can kind of dig into some kind of simple nutrition tips to help you. So I can kind of give you guys a little overview. But ultimately, what the, you know, kind of the headline, spoiler alert, if you don't get to the bottom of the article, um, dieting often predicts weight gain. And this is where everyone goes, well, what the H-E double hockey sticks have I been doing with my whole life then, Lindsay? Because I don't know what to do if you're not going to let me diet. I don't know how to actually meet my goals if that's not, if this doesn't work. And really, it's about this mind this mindset shift that's important. And I'll, I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But ultimately, dieting predicts, unfortunately, disordered eating, oftentimes, like binging. Um, and then from there, it often leads to unpleasant um, side effects like shame and guilt. So and stress related to, oh, God, I gave in. And now what do I do with myself? So really, the, the, what this article's argument is, is that diets don't work because of those unpleasant side effects. So, so there's kind of, go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say when we think about diets and restriction in particular, I mean, I think that people probably know what we mean or we talk about, but let's talk about that just a little bit. Like when we talk about like diets or restrictions, we're we're typically what talking about like paying attention to caloric intake, um, sort of maybe identifying what the average person of our maybe size and weight is supposed to and gender probably take in in like any given day and and what by and large we like say well if the normal person is supposed to take x calories like while i'm on this diet i'm going to take into like y calories like some Mm -hmm. some amount of calories that's less than yeah i mean what's the traditional right everyone thinks like women are supposed to eat between 12 and 1500 calories a day and dudes are supposed to eat what between 15 and 17 right I mean, that's like the common language that all, like many of these weight loss apps will tell us, um, you know, you plug in your height and weight and it goes, this is how many calories you're allowed to have. So it's not even saying like being overly restricted from that. It's saying that being restricted at those levels yeah. in and of itself can predict weight gain and can predict these maladaptive behaviors like binging. Well, so it's because about your mentality around it. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about that, what what are I mean, like think about whenever anyone's been on a diet, like what do we talk about? It's like, well, we're gonna limit the sweet we're not all of the things that we like, we're not gonna have. So anything like cake, ice cream, like cookies, whatever like whatever whatever quote unquote good stuff um that you like, sugar by and large, um, you're not gonna partake in. So we're gonna cut out desserts, we're gonna cut out, you know, soda, like whatever. So we're gonna cut out like a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, and I think that, that is a uh, part of the challenge and and by you know the by the way if you're gonna have the salad with like the ranch dressing you're gonna have like the super reduced calorie salad dressing that tastes like poop like you know like the stuff like i literally think when i think about diets i think about either not eating things misery things right yeah. Terrible. yeah you're restrict you want to you're restricting to things that taste terrible yeah Well, I think about, you know, like many years ago, I did, you know, a variety of those like pre-made, prefab like lunches or dinners that come like in the freezer section. You like pull it out and it's like cardboard or tasteless or gross or, you know, I mean, just this is what we're talking about, right? Because it's diet food. Because it's diet food. So I just wanted to set that context because I think that like that's what I think of. And it's not just like I think about it. Like I've done that. Like I know what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't done that? Like, yeah. like go go anywhere, go to the corner store and ask. No, everyone has has had this experience, right? This is kind of a shared common experience. 
And it really is about what, I mean, if we want to go like big and deep, like it's what the media tells us, right? Mm -hmm. It's what mass media is telling us we have to eat in order to be the ideal body size, um, which maybe that's a whole other podcast because, mm-hmm. you know, we could, we could go deep there. Well, um, it's either that or like nothing, right? So like I literally, I, I encountered somebody who I don't know was in sort of a friend group with me the other night. We all went out to dinner and like, you know, a couple of initial responses were like, oh, you look so great. And she's like, oh, I lost 18 pounds. And her sister, who is my friend and colleague, was just like, well, yeah, it's because she doesn't eat anything. Like, you know, I mean, the other end of the spectrum is like, we're not eating at all um, to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Which this research that was done would show that that's a predictor for weight gain. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you won't have success, right? So everyone thinks, what do you mean diets don't work? But so-and-so did... You know, the whole foods diet, I'm not, I'm not dissing the whole foods diet, by the way, so don't say that would take away, but just insert whatever diet, you know, Weight Watchers or whatever diet, it doesn't matter. So-and-so did keto and they, they lost X number of pounds. It must work. If it doesn't work long-term, it doesn't right. work, folks. Like 100%. It, diets don't work unless you're able to actually maintain that weight loss. Often, I mean, this, this research shows that highly restrictive attitudes towards food don't help. They oft, they predict weight gain and they predict maladaptive eating behaviors like binging. So it's, it, it may work in a short period of time, but at the end of the day, you're going to have all of these unintended consequences that you have to manage. It's that sustainability part of the work that you do and knowing that you can't go back to doing the stuff that you were doing before <laughs> that brought you right. to that place. Well, in if, the first you get, if you get in touch with, you know, how you really, I mean, one of the things you know, you know, Aaron, like I, I'm not a sugar, like for the most part, like I can walk past the plate of cookies and it's not that big of a deal for me. Um, because I know that I don't really, you know, I don't really care about, not that I don't eat a cookie, I eat a cookie, but at the end of the day, like I know how I feel when I eat it because I'm in touch with how my body functions. Um, I also know that at the end of the day, that's not like, if I'm going to eat something, I'm going to, I'm going to eat bread like that bread and, and bread and stuff is my thing. Um, you know, carbs are my, are my jam. Kettle, kettle cooked chips, for example, Aaron and I were in a meeting earlier this week where I was eating kettle cooked chips. They were delicious. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about how I feel about how I eat it. It's being in touch with how my body feels and how my body functions. Does it function the way that I want it to function when I eat those things? And so I've taken out that like, this is good and this is bad, Right. So no food is inherently bad. It's just, why am I eating it? Am I eating it because it's going to help me do what I want to do, whether it's perform in the gym, whether it's work a 14 hour day at work, whether it's, I'm, you know, insert whatever reason that you have as, as long as it's a, it's a good, you know, a healthy reason, I guess I'll say. But I think that um, if you take away those labels of good and bad, then you've kind of removed this, uh, you know, the guilt and shame around it. Mm-hmm. I think that getting into the fact of why you're doing it, um, it helps a lot. Take that, take Absolutely. that feeling away. Uh, I could yeah. say so many things. <laughs> what I about know, I had I a bad day at work? You know, then you have to break that whole right. thing down. Like I deserve this bag of chips. I deserve is, this. But is that really going to make you feel better? Absolutely not. You know, is the question that I would ask myself. So is maybe so. doing like a mind, uh, you know, a guided meditation on calm, what's going to help you feel better? 
for me, is it going to like slam some stuff at the gym? That's going to help me feel better. Probably like that's probably going to make me feel better longer term more than eating a whole pizza. Um, and, or is it sitting in the sauna at the gym for 20 minutes and listening to a podcast, for example, maybe HBS, who knows? <laughs> um, but you know, what is actually going to make me feel better? And if I'm in touch with that, I'm aware of that, then I'm probably going to make a choice that is going to feel better long-term. So, so just kind of, you know, giving a few more highlights of the research that was done in this article. Ultimately, people who scored higher and had higher scores on these restraint scales. So they did a variety of scales with folks where they asked them questions around how much time do you think about food? How often do you diet? Um, and so they, they were given a score on what, what they called the restraint scale. And then they also dug in and asked some questions around guilt. Um, and so ultimately, folks who scored higher on those restraint scales often scored higher on the guilt scale. And what they found was that actively controlling what you're trying to eat often equals dissatisfaction, even if you give in to like one little bit, because you're like, well, I didn't want one little bit of chocolate. I wanted the whole bowl. Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately either leads to this constant state of temptation if you didn't give in or shame or guilt if you do. And so bottom line, restriction leads to relationship with food. For sure. That's, that's so hard. And I don't know that we think about it in those terms quite enough. I think we just go to the guilt. Maybe we don't realize that we're feeling badly about that or you know, I, I have, you know, two desserts at the event last night and I get on the scale in the morning. I'm like, oh man, I'm way up today. Jeez, that was dumb. And you, and then you, I mean, you don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't Angela, do that. Angela, get off the scale. I, well. So friend, I mean, like, <laughs> right. just saying, um, right. I mean, who says that, that the scale is a measurement of whether you were good or bad? Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. I liked, I don't know if anyone saw this. Was, for a minute. Somebody posted <laughs> in the HBA community. <laughs> I think you both saw this, but somebody posted um, a calculator that said like 130 on it and like put it down by their toes, <laughs> yeah. feet on either side. And just like, this makes me feel better. But it is this weird, like there's so much going on in terms of, you know, uh, you know, it's, it feels it feels easy to just say, oh, the media tells us, uh, and I'm not in a bad way, but I just, it, it is easy to like, I think, blame like the media and others around us for um, helping us think or making us think that, you know, people need to look and feel a certain way and they need to be a certain size. I definitely feel um, that there are better strides happening um, throughout, you know, the brands that we probably know and love and frequent For sure. more so For sure. now than, than ever before. You're seeing it, you know, on social media and you're seeing it you know, in ads and whatever. And so, you know, I think that is getting better. But, you know, in terms of a few other things, you know, part one, like we have some sort of history with food that also is you know, weighing on our minds, um, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, I've talked about this before, but, you know, we had certain things in our home that were intended for like school lunches. And so, you know, that meant that if it wasn't a, a school day and we weren't taking it for lunch, that we weren't supposed to have it. And, you know, all these years later, thinking and re reflecting back on it is exactly the reason why at night or in the morning or on the weekend, like I would be like sneaking, like tiptoeing into the kitchen to go like take that thing um, and take it, you know, in, in mm -hmm. my bedroom and, and eat mm -hmm. it. Like, 
hide the wrapper in the trash. It's off limits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, so we have that force happening and then we have these sort of adult forces around shame and guilt and, you know, whatever that are also inside of us and certainly influenced by things that we, we encounter and engage. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that this article specifically asked questions, asked a variety of questions around emotional state. You know, they really wanted to focus on sort of the, the, the guilt and shame, but asked a number of other questions questions around like, you know, are you tense? Are you tired? Whatever, just to um, kind of hide it or sneak it in in, and among those other things. And, you know, and still, and yet still there's this like disproportionately high sense of guilt, you know, tied to food. And, Mm -hmm. and it's so, I mean, it seems so obvious because we've been talking about this for a while now. It seems so obvious to like let that go. Um, You know, I said, I've, I've said recently to somebody like, if you want that cup, like, do you want that cupcake? Like, you should eat the cupcake. Like, yeah. you should probably, mm-hmm. you should probably eat it. What What I will say is, like, you know, I would encourage you to take like a couple of, take maybe half of it, and see, like, if you want the other half, then go ahead and eat it. I think that that sometimes this, like, the the size of the portion um, causes us some problems, right? So if you go to like Costco um, or Sam's Club or whatever and get like the jumbo muffins that take up like an entire container, like my mind, sa- my mind says that one cupcake, one muffin equals a serving, <laughs> right? And so, but what I, what I have- Everyone's done, mind thinks that though, Erin. Right. Mean, that's well, and you know, we're in this like world of excess, right? So it's not like you're going to like the fancy restaurant to get like the tiny, tiny portion of whatever. Like you want the, you know, how many times have you seen like the cake and it's like 24 layers and it's like huge. Like it's not even like one person could probably even eat it. Um, And so we get in this mindset of like, oh, like one thing equals one portion size. And so we have to eat the whole thing. I mean, I grew up in with the mentality of like, you clear your plate, like you don't, you're not finished until your plate is clear. Mm -hmm. So some of that carries over. And so, you know, my, what I've been, what I've been really paying attention to or trying to pay attention to more is, you know, I'll take a portion or I'll take what I think I can reasonably eat and then just like listen to myself. Like, do I want just a bite of that cheesecake? Like, great, take the bite. Do I, do I want more of it? Do I, you know, or what is, what's, what exactly is going on? Like if you can be in tune with yourself, um, it can help. I mean, we've talked about this before where the first bite is the most delicious. The second bite is maybe a little less delicious. And then by the third bite, you're like, I mean, really, if you slow down. Gratification. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that, I think you're, I would argue you're teetering on restrictive mentality a little bit, right? By like looking at that and saying we live in excess. But I do think you're onto something by, I mean, that's one of the like tips that comes out of this article is just slow down, right? Just slow down and pay attention, you know, slow your mind down, pay attention to that Mm -hmm. mental script that's going on. Am I eating this in the corner because I don't want anyone to see me eat this cupcake? That's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. And I'm slowing down and I'm enjoying a nice, you know, meal with a friend and I'm just tastes really good. And you know what? I don't need the whole thing because I'm full. That's a totally different mental script. Those two different things. And so don't not eat it because you don't think you need that whole thing. You just don't eat the whole thing if you don't want the whole thing, but pay attention, right? right? Mm -hmm. If you want the whole thing, eat the whole thing, friend. Like that's that's part of our challenge, right? We eat, 
we often eat so quickly that you don't know when you've had enough or you are full or it no longer is pleasing you, you know, and I'm guilty of that. It's like, you know, eat during um, a call or, uh, you know, whatever, eat in front of the TV or eat whatever, like whatever it is, it's like we're eating or we think we know, like, oh, when I eat tacos, I always, I always get eat three. I need to order four because I always <laughs> order four, right? right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, I think, it, I mean, let me be clear. You, you, you guys know about this about me. Like I am, I am a person that, um, that wants to have a healthy relationship with food. That does not mean that I eat at whatever I feel like, right? Like I really value health too. Yeah. I value my health. I'm an avid exerciser. Like I, because it's about how I know how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that, so, so you can, you can value health and you can want to make, you know, choices that make you feel well. And you can not only, only eat half a cupcake, right? Like, like they're not mutually exclusive. Like I think sometimes this like diets don't work, you know, gets this bad, I, this bad rap of like, well, then I'm just going to be this big, you know, um, you know, person that doesn't ever meet my goals and doesn't ever, you know, achieve what I really want to achieve or that I'm just gonna, you know, not achieve my exercise goals. and I'm never going to do this. Right. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can have a healthy mindset around food and make healthy choices. Well, you, you know? can also fact, be healthy in variety of sizes, right? Like, I mean, it's not like 100%. one, 100%. it's not because like, you know, I weigh so much There's or tons of studies around mm-hmm. that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Check out health at every size. There's amazing information out there about what it really means to be healthy. And it has nothing to do with the size of your pants, you know? Um, so I, I, I mean, I think that definitely don't take this as a, you know, permission to just go out and um, not pay attention to what your body's telling you you need in order to live your best life. Um, so how so, do we get there? How do we improve? How do we, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think now, like, I'm, I, I, like, want to say stuff. I'm like, no, that's probably a restrictive thought. Like, I'm totally in my head now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought I was in a pretty good place. (laughs) No, I'm like, maybe I think actually that that's the first. That's, I mean, I would say that's the first step, right? Is thinking about, you know, what is your mental script around food? You know, what is your mental script about when you're supposed to eat or not supposed to eat, or what you're supposed to eat or not supposed to eat? Like that self awareness of what the script is that in and of itself can help you flip, flip the script a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Aaron knows, I, I have this like perfect example of the time that you and I, I mean, you know exactly what I'm going to talk, what I'm going to say when we were walking past the table of cookies and you like went to reach for it. And I was like, don't eat the cookie. And then I was horrified at what I said. And I was like, no, I mean, eat the cookie, eat the cookie if you want to eat the cookie. <laughs> um, so I, in that moment was very aware of what I had said. And, and I, not only knows it's, some residual like restriction menta- restrictive mentality that I haven't yet set out, you know. Um, but the awareness of it allowed me to flip it right yeah. <laughs> as best I could. But I do think that's part of it. It's just t- becoming as self aware as you can around what is your you know what's your headspace around food. You know why am I making this choice? Um, what are my feelings about it? Um, you know, there's there's several different ways that you can that you can do that. Well, and just like, um, and not, not like, you know, I, I was just kind of skimming through a couple of parts of this article again. And, you know, one of the things that really stands out for me is that when you, so, so what? I mean, in that scenario of like, don't eat the cookie, like, so what? Okay, so I go back to like the desk, I'm watching you facilitate. I'm like, 
I literally am like, man, I still really want that cookie. And then what? There's like candy maybe like at the desk instead. And so, you know, I pick up maybe like two of the wrapped pieces of candy, eat that. And then like 10 pieces of candy later, I'm just like, dang it. Like I probably should have just had the cookie. That's what I really wanted. And that would have like satiated my like craving or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's just, it's an interesting, you know, I, it really is about awareness. And I think, you know, look, I'm, you know, that is still a struggle like this. I've talked about this a little bit, like this winter and in particular last month or so has been like really rough for me. Like I've not, I've not been working out as much as I want to. Um, But also it's like, it's icy and snowy and cold and gross. Like I barely like chisel myself out of my house. Like there are other factors at play here. Um, But it's really about like being mindful, aware of kind of Um, what you're telling yourself or you know what the excuses are or whatever it's just like if you can bring your mindfulness or awareness to this topic like you can that alone will have a bigger impact than not being aware and ignoring it or not even knowing to look for these signs yeah and you know what like find a buddy like I would say that will help you right so you know find a buddy that will say to you why do you, you know, why do you think that's good? Or why do you think that's bad? You know, who told you that the, that eating the cookie was bad? In this instance, it was me. And I'm very sorry, friend, because <laughs> that was not nice or right. See what I say? I'm still on my journey here. Yeah, okay. Um, but, but I think find a friend to help challenge your, your process a little bit. Like that's, you know, that in and of itself is, you can question yourself about what you believe is right or wrong or good or bad. But if you have someone else, it's so much easier mm-hmm. because, you know, they can say something and you can go, why do you think that exactly? Right. Um, and it just helps you kind of dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a, you know, a couple other things that can help you just get more connected and aware of where you are and, the other is really increasing your quality of food. There's a lot of studies out there. Um, actually, PN has a ton out there as well. But I, it's very hard to say, but Precision Nutrition has a lot of them. Um, but there, there are a lot of studies about um, how our body, per, you know, perceives whole foods, high quality foods versus processed foods. Right? Like mm-hmm. we're not as able to be in connection with our whole, with our fullness. Um, you know, when are we hungry? When are we full? If we're eating processed foods, it's just it's just what it is. So the more we're eating whole foods, high quality foods, the more we're going to be able to be connected to whether we're hungry or full or what's going on with our body. Oh, so increasing about, that quality of food will help. We talked about that um, with Denise McGinn a few episodes ago and just, you know, her kind of um, experience has been uh, like one ingredient foods. Like if you're talking like one ingredient foods or, you know, it's, it's naturally occurring, um, but that's re- that really has helped her uh, kind of turn her nutrition challenges um, around. And so being mindful of, you know, the the whole foods or the, you know, one ingredient foods or um, just, just, you know, think about, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Like if you can't pronounce what it is on the back of a box, like it's probably not naturally occurring. Right. right. Usually if it's on the inside of the grocery store, right? What they say, right? If you stay on the outside, mm-hmm. the you're, you're probably in safe, you know, whole food, high quality food territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the third way to start, I would say, of how do you, you know, maybe start to strip away this restrictive mentality that you might have is letting go of the rules. Like letting go of those rigid rules around food. 
Um, you know, Atkins, again, I feel like I'm not, I'm picking on these specific diets. I'm not, I'm just using it as an example, but like Atkins says no carbs, right? Like that's a rigid rule around food. Um, you know, I can't eat, um, a banana because it's a carb, but you know, I mean, any rigid rule around food, you should start to question. There really should be no rigid rules around food because when those rigid rules come into play, when we break them, that's Mm -hmm. when we, that's where the guilt comes in. Right. So if you don't have rules around food and you're really just kind of connecting with eating slowly and connecting with increasing the quality of the food and connecting with what your mental script is around food, it's a lot easier to let go of the guilt because you're not breaking any rules. Well, and I would encourage people to, um, you know, if you're interested in this topic, like take take a look at the studies um, presented in this article. I think that they're really interesting. One of the sort of conclusions here that, you know, I, I'm sort of stuck on still is this sort of cycle that we we get ourselves into. So, you know, we eat the thing, it makes us sad, we feel guilty. Um, that has like these lingering effects of anxiety and depression and self-esteem. And when we swirl around these feelings, um, it's no wonder how like eating disorders crop up. It's because it's yeah. not, it's not, it's probably not like a one-time occurrence. It's this like swirl of feelings and emotions that get wrapped up and associated with food and it, they're hard to break. Like it's hard to break food from the feelings um, when, when you're kind of in this cycle um, of doubt and shame and guilt and, and all of those things. And so, um, you know, thinking about how to break the cycle is important. And, you know, part of that, part of breaking the cycle is, is allowing yourself some freedom and some grace and, and thinking about a more holistic approach. I think that, you know, part of the reasons why my guess is the part of the reasons why diets are so popular is because in theory, they get us quick results that we, you know, what, what, what do we, anytime anyone goes on a diet, it's like, Oh, I lost X amount of pounds this week, or, you know, I've lost this amount of weight, you know, in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's always like, so attractive to people who are so focused on what the scale says is how quickly, right. how quickly are you shedding the pounds? But, you know, it's not until you go to the doctor, right, and get like a full workup that you identify then other problems happening in your system, because you're not, you're not eating well, or you're not, you know, you're not taking care of the full package. Um, it's really about what can we do quickly? I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm totally um, guilty of this as well, whether it's food or whether it's other things. It's like, you know, we want things done quickly. Like nobody wants to wait. I mean, look, I mean, Amazon Prime, like I want my stuff in 48 hours. Like I don't want to wait a week and a half right? Yeah. Like I want it fast. Um, I don't want to wait. And so I think we see this mentality in a lot of aspects of our life. And I think that it certainly crops up with food as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the most interesting thing that, that I read was that the, the, the high scores on restraint doesn't predict caloric intake either. So people who, who were really high on those restriction scales, like they were thinking about dieting all the time and they were thinking about how many calories they were, they were supposed to take it actually didn't, they weren't really eating that much less than others. So it wasn't helping. Mm -hmm. So being obsessed with it actually doesn't help. Highly restrictive eaters don't eat less is what these studies showed. So kind of this obsession around it, or if I think about it all the time, or again, this like idea of like white knuckling on the back of the bandwagon where I'm holding on, that doesn't predict success. Mm -hmm. What would it feel like to let go and relax? 
and live our life in a way that we're not good or bad. And we didn't, we didn't fall off the wagon and we didn't, um, we didn't make a mistake and we're not inherently, a, you know, a failure. What would that feel like to just let go and relax and just be in tune with what we need, you know, and love and care for ourselves in the way that we deserve to be loved and cared for. It would feel a lot better to me than flying on the back of that bandwagon. Well, waiting for um, somebody to buck me off, right? As as we like draw to a close, um, I'm just like those are perfect words. I, I'll kick it over to Angela and see if she has anything else that she wants to wrap up with. But I really, I really appreciate kind of that freedom to think differently about food and our relationship with food. I think that it's an important one and one that, uh, again, isn't necessarily a race with a finite endpoint, but something that we need to be mindful of and think about on an ongoing basis to course correct where needed, whatever that might mean for you know each individual listener. Yeah, I, I love this topic. I, I think this is just such a fresh way to look at things. It's not saying, you know, do this or do that. It's just about that awareness. And you've said it before, um, just bringing awareness to how you're thinking about things and just realizing what might be a restrictive thought um, that may not be moving you toward the goal that you ultimately are looking to reach. Um, It could be something that's holding you back. So I think that awareness is really um, the most the, the biggest thing for me is to be aware of that. Um, so um, I don't know. That's my that's my parting thought. Um, Lindsay, thank you so so much. I honestly I could do ten parts on this article alone. <laughs> it's so good. And I, every time we wrap up, I'm like, I wish we had six more hours to keep going. But um, so um, besides the HBA group, Lindsay, how um, if anybody wanted to follow up with you with a question or ask you about your um, certification, how can we get in contact with you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great place to find me is on HBA. You can definitely message me um, through Facebook, um, or you can find me through my Avantgarde email, which is um, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at eventguard.com. So please feel free to reach out to me there. I'd be happy to share, you know, I talk about these folks that, that I feel like are, you know, are really leaders in this field, and I'd be happy to share some of their resources um, because um, it, it really has helped me along the way, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Lindsay, for joining us. Uh, we want to remind everyone that we're in the middle of Nutrition Month, and so find additional nutrition-related episodes of HBA, uh, but also a lot of articles and resources, tips, tricks in the Facebook community. As always, Healthy by Association is powered by intention, and we hope that you'll power your week with intention as well. Literally, like just pause and hit the reset button. And in that one moment of reset, set one intention for the week ahead, whether it's thinking about the impact of the restriction mentality or anything else related to your health and wellness journey, it really doesn't matter. It's just about setting that intention. We hope that you'll share your successes and struggles on Facebook, both to inspire others and to get the support that you need. There's an incredibly robust moderator team, as well as hundreds of people that you know, are ready, waiting, standing by to support you should you need help or advice along the way. In the meantime, that's on today's episode of Healthy by Association. We thank you for listening and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day and week.
Thank you for listening to the Healthy by Association podcast. For links and other resources, please see our show notes. Also, request to join our Facebook community at Healthy by Association. You can subscribe to the HBA podcast through various platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor FM. Don't forget to rate and review, and be sure to power your week with intention. Thanks for listening.